Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Today I want to start a series called Change Your Perspective. Change Your Perspective. So I'm going to read from the King James Version and then for, uh, from the, uh, the Passion Translation. Proverbs 29, 18 in the King James Version. Where there's no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. And the Passion Translation says it this way. When there's no clear prophetic vision, and I like the way it says that, prophetic vision, mm -hmm. people quickly wander astray. Yes. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Father, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. We ask that you teach us today. Think through my mind, speak through my lips, I pray. I pray that you open up the eyes of our understanding, that we would understand the principles of the kingdom of God, the principles contained in your scriptures, so that we would give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, and walk all the days of our lives in your wisdom, that we might be a blessing, Lord God. Even as Jabez prayed, Jabez said, expand me, that I might be a blessing, that I would not be a pain, but that I would be a blessing. Expand us, expand our understanding, our wisdom, that we might be a blessing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. You may be seated in God's presence. Thank you, Lord. So these two verses, actually it's one verse in two different renditions, reveal something, you know, the power of vision, of understanding, the power of prophetic vision. And there's a difference because vision is sight. Yes. We can see. But there is internal vision. Yes. And we use this all the time. The problem is most people use our internal vision in a negative way. Yes, we sir. see ourselves as less than. We see ourselves as not being able to accomplish. Yes. And unfortunately, we use these God-given gifts in a negative way. Amen. But the Bible says where there is no clear <coughs> prophetic vision, <clears throat> people quickly wander astray. That's why many of your friends are doing nothing. They're going nowhere. How you doing? Ah, same old, same old. For them, it's same old, same old because they have no vision. But it says here, where there's a clear prophetic vision, when we follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills our soul. So there's a difference between not having vision and having vision. When a person doesn't have a vision, they wander straight. They're all over the place. What are you doing now? I don't know. I'm all over the place. But when you have a vision, you're focused. Amen. You're clear. You know what you need to do. Come on. And that's what Jesus did. From the moment he started his earthly ministry... And he declared his earthly ministry. He shared the verse. You know, we see it in Luke 4, 18. He says, I know what I'm called to do. This is what I'm called to do. Amen. And, and when um, one of the government officials asked him, are you a king? He said, well, you say that I'm a king. He said, but I came to give testimony of the truth. See, I know who I am. Yes. He's very clear because since he was clear in who he was, he was able to walk with clarity, with yes. focus. Come on. And part of our issue is we're not clear in our lives. So when you're not clear, you're all over the place. Amen. One of these days, one of these days. No, it'll never come. Mm -hmm. It'll come the day you decide to become clear. Ooh, come on. It'll, yes. it'll come the day you decide to go before God. Say, God, I'm not playing now. I need to know who I am in you. I need to know what my calling is. In John chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus saw a man, who was a lame, paralytic man, lying there, and he knew that he had already had been there in that condition a long time. 
He said to him, do you want to be made well? Yes, sir. So think about that verse. Put it aside right now. And we're going to get to that in a little while. The word perspective, the reason why I'm going to give you some definitions, is to start a foundation. Because we're going to talk about this the next month. Change your perspective. The word perspective is the capacity to view things and how they interrelate with everything around you. Therefore, you'll view and value your life and purpose based on your current belief about yourself. You will view people based on your belief about yourself. Okay? What you're here for, what you believe you're here for. If you don't know what you're here for, other people will speak into your life and continuously change your perspective. And that's dangerous. And what is vision? Beside us knowing, it's eyesight, I can see you, you can see me. But it's also, when you look at vision, and that word vision in that verse I just read, is the word chazon in Hebrews. It's a dream, a divine revelation. So in other words, a godly vision is inspired by God. There's a reason for the vision. God shows it to you. He gives you like a prophetic snapshot of your future. So you could know where you're going. So this way you could know how to prepare yourself. It's also a message received by prophetic revelation. And for the purposes of this teaching, I'm going to focus on internal or prophetic vision. Not the outside vision. I mean, if you want better vision, you take lutein. You you take uh, those vitamins that can help the eyes. Eat carrots. That's not what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the internal prophetic vision. And that that thing, prophetic vision, is the ability to see God's intended purpose and path for you. It's a snapshot of what God created you for. It's a prophetic view of your purpose, that which you were created for by God. Okay, that's the prophetic vision. So vision, therefore, is the ability to see in your heart your own purpose. The purpose that God gave you, unfolding. You don't see the full thing, you just get a snapshot. We take pictures all the time, right? But it's limited. You only get to see that momentary glimpse. You don't get to see what's around, but you get to see that moment, that person. Nowadays, if you touch the phone while you you, uh, see a picture, if you touch the picture, it gives you a little more. That's how we are in prayer. When we see God, it's like we're touching our phone. God shows us a little more about our life. Hallelujah. It's a clear picture of his purpose and potential future for you. If you agree and align with him. Because you could do your own thing. You could live your life. God gave it to you. He gave you sentience. He gave you ability to make decisions and make choices. So you could live apart from God. You could live your entire life and do whatever you please. I did it my way. Yeah, you could do it your way. But you won't get God's prophetic snapshot for your life. You You won't walk in God's will. You won't walk in that better future. You will not walk in that which God intended you for. So whenever you see people out there, some of them homeless, others messed up, sometimes it's sickness. But sometimes it's just that they made one bad decision, another bad decision, another bad decision, and after a while they gave up. They didn't seek God's wisdom for them. Because God will always, he says, I have a good future for you. I know what I think about you. I have good thoughts for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the word purpose is something created as an object or an end to be
be attained. Your purpose has specific design. Tell your neighbor, you were made on purpose. You were made on purpose. Your life has meaning. It's connected to a series of goals, a series of things that you need to do. It has a target. It's intentional. Jesus, every day, he walked and he, what's the scripture say now? Okay, let me go do that. Oh, what the scripture say? Oh, let me do that. He knew exactly what he needed to do. Everything he did was on purpose. So when we are people of purpose, we watch our calendar. We protect our time. We watch even the people we hang out with. I don't have time to just chill. I'm busy. Hallelujah. Accomplishing God's will. Praise God. The Lord Jesus was clear about his purpose. In John 18, 37, I said it before. Therefore, said to him, are you a king? Jesus answered, you rightly say that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now, this is vital because we live and act and make decisions and even feel based on our belief about ourselves. So I have a question. What do you feel about yourself? When you look in the mirror, do you say, man, I'm, whew, I'm killing it. <laughs> or are you disappointed? Do you have the what if syndrome? <clears throat> I wish, what if, what if? What if I would have made this decision? What if I would have made that decision? I have good news for you. We all make mistakes. Amen. And faith is now. It's always now. It's not yesterday. <coughs> so we need to get away from yesterday yes. and go from today forward. God frequently speaks to his servants about vision. And it's important. Our perspective of our, about ourselves helps to shape our future and destiny. And this is why we need to change our perspective. Tell your neighbor, change your perspective. Change your perspective. Hallelujah. You look at Abraham. Look how God trained him. God said, look at the sky. Look at the stars. Look at the sand. Genesis 22, 17. That's what I'm going to do for your progeny. Mm -hmm. Your sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters. I'm going to make you a great nation. Look at the stars. Why would God have him look at the stars? Because he was teaching him something. He was teaching him to think big on the inside. Amen. We're the ones that think small on the inside. God wants us to, us to think big yes. on the inside. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have the kingdom of God inside of us. The kingdom of God is very expansive. Yes. Well, I'm only a little, little. What are you talking about? You're huge. That's right. Amen. Amen. I stopped seeing us as small when I understood the concept of relative smallness and relative greatness. Are you aware right now the coronavirus, you can't even <coughs> see it with your naked eye? But it's so powerful that the whole world is worried right now about a germ. Don't tell me that that thing isn't big. And what about David when he looked at the Goliath, at the big giant? Who was the big one there? Most heavyweights were larger than Tyson. And yet when they saw that small dude, they all feared. They lost before they got into the ring. Amen. That's right. So smallness is relative. That's right. We're big on the inside. Yes. yes Lord. I remember years ago, I heard this, this doctor, he was sharing about how he was blown away and, and he came to believe in God. He came to believe that, in fact, um, we are very intricately designed. 
because what was happening is they were trying to prove that we are just ooze, primordial ooze. And so they have great breakthroughs in being able to see small things. They have super microscopes. And one particular study, they went into this particular atom and they were able to get in and they were able to expand it and see deeper and, and expand it and see deeper and expand it. And what they found got them so afraid that they stopped the test. Because when they went into the cell, they went deeper and saw what was happening within the cell. There was at the subatomic level, very good word, I'm glad I'm using it. <laughs> subatomic. Subatomic. I like that. What they found <clears throat> at the subatomic level is that there was so much activity. Yes. Wow. I mean, beyond the cell, inside there. And what they described were like huge factories. Like not like a factory in a building, but a, a whole conglomerate of little beings working and doing stuff. At that level, so small that you had to use a super powered apparatus to be able just to see it. But yet there were colonies working and doing what they're called to do. Hallelujah. But it freaked them out because they didn't think that if they went that deep, they would see anything complicated and, and, and designed and organized and cohesive and working in unity. So they had to come to the conclusion that this, this doesn't just happen. This is by design. Yes. Somebody had to design this. Yes. Hallelujah. And from that moment on, he said, well, hold on a second. This is not something that just can poof, I'm here. How is it that we can have gigs worth of memory in a phone? Where is it all stored? How can you get the Library of Congress in a pinhead? It's because we're large on the inside. You have to redefine what large is. You have to redefine you know, how special and precious you are. We're made in a very special way. God made us precious. And we have to stop thinking like little people. We have to start thinking like men and women of the kingdom of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Precious, precious, very special, very special. Hallelujah. And Moses, uh, God spoke to him and said, what do you have in your hand? See, so not only did God teach us to see things from an internal perspective, because we're large on the inside. And whatever you see on the inside, you're going to manifest on the outside. If you think you're useless, you're not going to take all that stuff that's inside of you, that's powerful, that's wonderful. All that anointing and that grace and favor, you're not going to use it. You're going to keep it there on standby, because you don't know that you have the right to. Amen. You think Amen. you don't have value. The yes. devil is alive. Yes. You have great value. And so then also God would ask Moses, what do you have in your hand? Don't complain to me. What do you have in your hand? Well, Red Sea, enemies, and we're here, and we have nothing to protect ourselves. So what do you complain to me for? What do you have in your hand? The rod. Lift it up. Go to the sea and lift it up. 
lifted up what he had, what looked like a shepherd's staff, turned out to be an object of deliverance. What you have in your hands is so powerful that it can deliver an entire city. Amen. Meanwhile, we're complaining. Oh, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. What are you talking about? Jesus said, well, Philip, what do you have? <laughs> Jesus, we can't feed all these people. It take a year worth of salary to feed all these people. You want to know what we have? Hey, boy, what do you have there? Here, give me a chicken sandwich. Or fish sandwich, rather. We have two fish and five loaves. Good, give it to me. Oh, Lord, come on. Don't you ever think that it's not more than enough. You in the hands of God? Yes. Hallelujah. Devil's no match. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. You got to change your perspective. It's time to tell your neighbor, it's time to change your perspective. It's time to change your perspective. God gave Joseph several dreams, and his brothers hated him for it. Hated him. Hated him. Genesis 37. But later on, once he became Pharaoh's governmental minister, he called his brothers to himself after harassing them, and they deserved every bit of harassment that they got from Joseph. He couldn't take it anymore. He broke down. He said, oh, I'm Joseph. And they went. Yeah, they stayed quiet. They did not know how to respond to him because they had sold him into slavery. Then they had told the father, oh, by the way, your son's dead. You know, your favorite son that you bought that multicolored coat for? Dead. And meanwhile, later on, he's saying, hi, I'm your brother. You know the one you sold? <laughs> and I happen to be the right hand of Pharaoh. <laughs> I mean, I would have enjoyed that moment. <laughs> but no, he was sincere. He says, no, no, listen, don't fear. And, and he said something very powerful. He said this. He said, God allowed him to be sold so that he would end up in Egypt and help to preserve life and to save your life. Genesis 45, verse 5 through 7. So there are times you go through stuff and you're, you're wondering, why am I going through this? Why am I experiencing this? Why is my family experiencing this? Well, it could very well be that these are going to be the building blocks of some great ministry, some great service, some great product that's going to help humanity, something that's going to point people back to God and His goodness and His grace. You've got to change your perspective. Hallelujah. He tells Joshua, he says, I want you to take that city, right? And then he tells them this in Joshua 6.2. He says, see Behold, I have given you Jericho. Meanwhile, Jericho was shut up, shut down. You couldn't get into Jericho. It had walls protecting it. But God told Joshua, Joshua, look and see internally. I've already given it to you. Hallelujah. So in that strength and their understanding, Joshua says, well, God, if you said it, I see it. I see the walls down. I see uh, us going in there and taking the land. And then God told them a crazy thing. So march around. Just, just march. March once a day and then the, the seventh day, march seven times. Yeah. That's all they did. They walked around and the people from Jericho looked at You know, uh, we, these people are weird. We're hearing terrible news that they're taking cities, but those people are dangerous. But what are they doing? March and then they go back to the camp. March and go back to the camp. March and go back to the camp. You know, I guess after a while Jericho said, I guess everything's all right. Maybe they like the sights in this area. I don't know. <laughs> but on the seventh day, 
God said, now it's time to shout. And I heard a song one time say, shout, for God has given you the city. Hallelujah. So let's do that. Let's do it. Let's shout just once. Let's shout just once. When I count to three. One, two, three. That woke up everybody that was asleep right now. Seven of you, seven of you want like this, Owen. Anytime you have anybody sleep, that's what you do. One shot. They'll be awake for the rest of the summer. Traumatized, and, and by the time they go home, that's when they'll get it. Praise God. God said to Jeremiah, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, What do you see? Well, see I see a rod of a monomone, of an almond tree. See, God shows us things in our spirit, man. It has to be that way. You don't build the building first. You first see it in your spirit, man. You don't build the business first, the ministry first. You see it inside of you. And whatever you can see, you can achieve. But this was created by God. God made us to be able to be this way, to do that. Otherwise, he would not use these systems that he placed inside of us. So the things we see within us is very important. He also tells Jeremiah 1.10, Jeremiah See, look, behold, this day I've set you over the nations to pull down to, and over the kingdoms, to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So if you're seeing something, that's an inkling right there of the greatness that's within you. And God wants you to expand to the north, the east, the south, the west, because there's so much work to do. Hallelujah. In the midst of a confused nation, God is calling his lights to come forth now so he can see clearly for the first time. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, change your perspective. Change your perspective. Hallelujah. Acts 2.17 says, Young men shall see visions, old men shall dream dreams. So now we get to that, uh, John 5. The paralytic, or the lame man, that had been waiting for 38 years, 38 years for an opportunity to get into the water when the angels stirred it up, but to no avail. So suddenly in the midst of this, after 38 years, Jesus just shows up. He just shows up. He was not invited. Walks up to the man and says, do you want to be made well or do you want to be made whole? And he says, um, I can't because every time I try, Somebody jumps in the water before me. I have nobody to help me. This was his current mindset. This was his current way of looking at it. Look at my past. Look at my legs. All Jesus was, do you want to be made well? All he had to say was, yes. Why didn't he say yes? Think about it. Because his past, his circumstances. A defeated mindset. A defeated mindset. I think it was even more than defeated. It was like hopelessness. Because you could be defeated and come back. Yes. Right? He saw an obstacle. Yeah. He saw obstacles. But he just, he just felt useless. He just didn't believe anything. It was just existing. Right? And today, today's Super Bowl Sunday. Right? And, and so after Kansas City wins, <laughs> Change your perspective. 
team that loses, they will, you know, of course, uh, feel the sadness. But I could almost, if I was a betting man, I would say, we'll be back next year. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. That's what champions yeah. do. Even though you're defeated, you're not out. You get right back in. Right? right? Not him. Not him. He was beyond defeat. He was hopeless. He had no hope. And Jesus shows up in the midst of his hopelessness, despair. Do you want to be made well? But he couldn't even respond to the question in a correct way. Of course you want to be made well. But he was at the point after 38 years, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is where he was at. There was no desire, no, no, no future. Ugh. Useless. One thing about faith is faith, when it shows up, it's always now. It's not yesterday. Now, faith is the substance of things, hope on the evidence of things not seen. God can show up in your now and interrupt your circumstances. Hallelujah. God's word is spirit and it is life. So what Jesus came to do is to heal him, but he had to get him to agree with him because he was about ready to give him an instruction. What did Jesus do? Did he respond to his communication? Did he say, yeah, I understand. I know, I could see it. You're a mess. <laughs> I wish there was something I can do. <laughs> no. He said, get up, take your bed, walk. He gave him an instruction. Something that seemed contrary to his past. Contrary to his current reality. And that, that's what God is doing to us right now. He's saying, get up. And, and in the original Greek connotation, Wake up. Amen. Wake, wake up. up. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Wake, wake up. up. Because God's word is always now. God's word is always yes and amen. Uh, the, the, he, the sick man went to you could heal me if you want. And he said, yes, be healed. That's what Jesus is. It's his will for us to move in his goodness and his kindness. Which parent wouldn't want the children to do well? Well, he's the best father. He's the heavenly father. He's a perfect father. The sick man responded with what he knew. But Jesus released a word over him. And as this man obeyed his instructions, he was healed. So Jesus came on purpose to set this man free. And he came on purpose to set you free too. God wants us free, delivered. He wants us set free. That's his will. And as the man received his word and acted on it, God's will was made manifest in his life. Joshua, every step that you take, I've already given you. See, when we take a step with God, God always reveals things to us that weren't there before. But they are there at the next step, at the point of your faith, at the point of your trust, at the point of the obedience of the instruction. There's more that will be revealed to you in the process of you walking with him. Hallelujah. It's his will. The presence of Jesus shifted this man's perspective, shifted his life, shifted his future. Got him to the point where he was finally able to get out of that mess. He was waiting on God. But yet Jesus was right there and he couldn't discern it. And the Lord Jesus is right next to some of you.
and you haven't been able to discern it. God is ready to give you a strong instruction. Strong instruction. That word rise, it means awaken. Or rouse yourself. Get yourself out of that sleep and slumber. Wake up of that stupor that you've been in. Wake up out of that standby mode. Wake up out of that past frustration, that past defeat, that past issue. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Wake up. And then Jesus tells them, walk. Take your bed. That thing that you've been laying on, that thing that has, has helped to perpetuate your condition, your situation all these years. Take your bed. Instead of it carrying you, now you're going to carry it. Then it says walk. I also looked up the word walk. In the Greek, what it actually means is to live. Amen. Go and walk. In the Greek, is live. He hadn't been living. Is that life? No. Get busy in your life and purpose. Wake up. Get off of that thing that's been hindering you and go and live. Go get occupied in that which God has apprehended you for. Hallelujah. This man had missed so many opportunities because of his prison, because of his bondage. Now what bondage has you in a place of limit or disappointment or disillusion? What is holding you back? Thank you, Lord. And today the Lord asks us that question. Do you want to be made well? Jesus. That word yesterday is the same word today. Because whenever he shows up, his very presence speaks that. Do you want to be made well? Because I am the healer. Do you want to break out of your limits? Because I contain and I have and I am the breaker anointing. Hallelujah. The spirit of Jesus is the breaker anointing. Yes. Are you aware that a breaker anointing can come into any place and destroy the work of the enemy? Yes. Life and life in. Oh, you know the verse. 
There's an abundance living for God. An yes. abundance of yes. wisdom, of joy, of Hallelujah. peace, of grace. Yeah. An abundance of provision. An abundance of inner sight. Yes. Yes. Wisdom and understanding. Yes. I've come to give you life. Life in abundance. You'll no longer have to remain in that prison. In that place of regret. In that place of loss. In that place of bondage. Let me tell you something. Even though Joseph was in prison, he wasn't in prison. That's right. That's right. Because while he was in prison, he was trusting God. Yes. While, he was, while he was in prison, he was rehearsing the prophetic yes. word. Yes. He had a vision that one day yes. the nations would be bowing to him. Yes. He knew that God was going to set him free. He did not know the time frame, but he knew it was just a matter of time that the manifestation of the provision of God, the manifestation of the prophetic snapshot that God had given him years ago, he knew it was just a matter of time that it would become a reality. And he was confident in the pit. He was confident in prison. Yes. And even in his place, while he was going through that prison time, yes. when, when men came to him with issues, he would prophesy to them. Yes. He would speak over their lives. He would bless them. Yes. He blessed the butcher. He blessed the baker. Yes. And all these other men. And wherever he went, God would prosper him. Yes. Yes. Why isn't God with me? He's with you right in the prison, right in the pit. He's there with you. And he can prosper you right where you're at. Well, when I get to this, then I'll be all right. No, God wants you to be all right now. He wants you to be blessed now. He wants you to be confident now. He wants you to be uh, confident and blessed and, and being a blessing now. Hallelujah. When the, Pharaoh, when the Pharaoh called him up, he said, you got to get clean. He says, wow, maybe today's the day. And he went up confidently. And when he went before Pharaoh, he spoke the word of the Lord to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, oh, my God, I see in this young man the spirit of the gods. Come on, come on, come on. I mean, how in the world do you take a prisoner and say, I'm going to give you everything? How does that happen? Because the breaker anointing And when you trust the word, you walk on the word. Yes. See, yes. Peter didn't walk on water. He walked on the word. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. That's right. He said, I'm, I'm, you, you're going to be Lord of all this thing. God. But as, 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 as this man came up, he wasn't fearful. He was confident because he knew that that was his place. And he operated it. He functioned in it. He walked in. He didn't come in like this. He came in like this. So man, I haven't wore clothing like this for a long time. And I'm smelling good now. I took a good shower. Yeah, yeah, because they have to clean them up. You'll be going before Pharaoh. He said, man, I'm looking good. I'm sure he went to one of those old-fashioned mirrors. He said... This is what God showed me.
God is saying to you. You need to take a look at the mirror again. I'm going to give you a new snapshot of who you really are. Get rid of the old clothing because I'm about ready to reclothe you with my presence, with my grace. Now I'm going to show you who you really are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I sense a breakthrough on that. I sense that God is, God is opening up your eyes. There's a breakthrough even now. I believe that God has broken something within you. And you're going to start to dare to believe that you are exactly who God called you to be. You're no longer going to listen to the lies of the devil. You're going to say, I am who God said I am. I can do what God called me to do. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That old stuff is gone. I'm a new creation in Christ. All those old things are gone. Everything is brand new. Give us some praise.